0: Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. now where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. I never remember whether I said the future is this way or that way, so we're just going to go up in the air. Welcome to the future of now. This is an exciting show for me. Yes, I've been covering the future of fill-in-the-blank and AI for almost all of 2023, but today we're covering a topic that I wanted to do, and I'm going to shout out to Mary Nunnally, who has brought me a few of the panelists today, and they've brought me other people. And our topic today is the future of gaming and AI and it has so many different ramifications and personifications and so much meaning to so many people. Let me just give, before I do my opening monologue, which I asked ChatGPT to help me with, but before I do that, I just want to do a little history of games and I don't know whether my four panelists will be introduced in a moment, are familiar with all this. I bet some of them are. So we had ancient games played by civilizations, the ancient Egyptians, the Greeks and the Romans. They had various forms of game and the oldest known game is called Senet, S-E-N-E-T. 3500 BC played in Egypt. Then we went to the medieval and Renaissance games when chess was popular in Asia and Europe and card playing, playing cards originated in China during the Tang dynasty. Then we went to the 19th century and we had modern board games. Monopoly, shoots and Ladders, The Game of Life, chess tournaments got popular, baseball and soccer were standardized. I guess those are games too. Then we moved to the 20th century. We're getting there, kids. Video gaming resolution. Revolution. Tennis for two and space war with an exclamation point. The arcade game industry was booming in the 1970s and people started buying gaming consoles for their houses. Remember Atari and Nintendo? Well, that was part of the revolution. 21st century, we're getting there. Massive gaming industry expansion. Smartphones. Well, look what they did for us. Online gaming platforms. People could play from all over the world together. Esports, competitive video gaming, on and on. And then of course we have VR and AR. And today games are not just a form of entertainment, but cultural and economic forces, art, technology, and social interaction. So now let me get to my opening that I really want to do. So everybody listen up. Hello. I'm I'm going to introduce my guest quickly here so that everybody knows who you're looking at. We have Sarah Lefebvre. Sarah, wave hello. Then we have Mohsen Memon. I hope I'm saying that correctly. We have Mary Leroux, Mary Jo Leroux, and we have Sid Sishant Shand, and welcome everybody. Okay, we'll get to your bios in a second. So here's my opening. Hello, gamers and tech enthusiasts. Get ready to take a high-speed trip with us into the future of gaming and AI. We asked ChatGPT for insights. Picture this, AI-generated content, game worlds, characters, and narratives, all created by AI's magical touch. AI will revolutionize game design and power NPCs, and some of my guests will explain that, analyzing your every move to create personalized and ultra-immersive gaming experiences, no more one-size-fits-all generic games. And taking games more seriously, and this is for Sarah, will peer into the business realm where gaming and AI will play a growing role in helping companies deliver impactful organizational learning, enhanced team collaboration, and exciting problem solving if you've ever heard of gamification that's part of it i have two quotes from two movies we like to quote movies here war games 1983 joshua the ai program said shall we play a game that's the best ai i can do most in. then we have a movie called ready player one from 2018 People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do, but they stay because of all the things they can be. That's interesting. Gaming. And then we have a movie called Pixels in 2015. I guarantee you, if you play Pac-Man or Donkey Kong, some of those ghosts will want to eat you up. Okay, there you go. That was supposed to be gaming made real. So stick along with me, Bonnie D. I'm going to be asking game design experts, again, Sarah Lefevre, Mohsen Memo. Mary Jo Leroux, and Sid Sean for their take on the future of gaming and AI. Let the you know what's begin. Bonnie D in the house. It was a little longer than usual, but I had to. Let's go around the table and get some introductions. Sarah Lefebvre, I'm going to put you on speaker view. Would you please do me the honor of a three-minute introduction? What's your passion for gaming? What do you do? Who are you? And how did you get started in all of this? Why are you excited to be here? Sarah, welcome.
2: Hi. So um, my passion for gaming has, uh, well, pretty much my my earliest memories are playing sort of card games and board games with my family. So that's always been a thing. Um, But for me, I've had a sort of renaissance with gaming because my background is in organisational learning. Um, And within the last 15 years or so, we've been getting increasing permission to bring play into that, which is uh, great as far as I'm concerned. So as time's gone on, uh, play has become much more a part of my professional practice. I'm also um, the founder and editor of Ludogogy magazine, which is an online resource for all things uh, game space learning, gamification and gameful design in general. So, yes, I get to talk to other people who love game gamification and game based learning as much as I do all the time and receive lovely articles from them.
1: <laughs> Very nice. I have to ask you, how did you name your company? Can you break down the etymology for us?
2: please? So, yeah, like a, a lot of a lot of words. It's both Latin and Greek because we tend to bastardize the two. So uh, Ludo from uh, Latin for I play, uh, and Goggi as the back end of pedagogy or andragogy. Um, learning. So it's all about um, the science of learning through play, really.
1: Thank you very much. We like <laughs> science and play in the same sentence. That's very appropriate. Thank you. Science very much,
2: and sir. art, I would say. And,
1: oh, well, art too. Art too. I'm somewhat <laughs> of an artist these days, so I appreciate everybody's nodding. Let's go to Mohsen, Maman. Mohsen? I need to know the origin derivation of your wonderful name. It, it's almost like poetry when I say your name, you may feel the same way. Would you please share with us, what are you doing here? Why does gaming excite you? What does AI have to do with it? Welcome.
3: Sure, thank you so much. So um, essentially I, I got into this quite by accident. I started my career in software and uh, eventually realized that I wanted to be in learning. And uh, I would facilitate learning experiences for my learners and they would often be in-person experiences that I would want to gamify or bring some element of of gamification or interactivity and soon realized that games were going to be the way to to go about creating those experiences. And um, back at the start of the pandemic, I um, uh, chanced upon the idea that I could turn it into a SaaS product. And uh, that's what I've been doing now. I've been uh, building this SaaS product. In fact, Sarah is one of our <laughs> certified facilitators for one of our games. And, uh, and, and the game has the ability to help facilitators enable learning with the help of AI and game-based um, learning ecosystems. So that's the long and short of me.
1: Is this exciting to you, Moyn? Is this is it still exciting, or is it I'm doing business, I'm making games. What, what's your what's the emotional content here? Just give me a
3: clue. Oh wow! I mean, this is it. Doesn't get more exciting than this when it comes to leveraging AI, bringing that whole element into the process of personalized learning, where you could create gamified learning experiences that are apt and relevant for you. So you need to learn how to communicate better, and there can be a game module that can help you to learn that just by virtue of you playing that game, Uh, and and it can get customized to the level of real time. What I need to learn in this very moment. Nice,
1: Mosin. Tell me about the name. Where does it come from?
3: Sure. Uh, So it's an Egyptian name. Uh, It's Arabic, and uh, my uh, yeah, my parents decided that that. That was going to be the lane so
1: <laughs> very, very cool, and I wanted to bring up something it about <laughs> it. Well, none of us did, as far as I know. I, I've shortened mine to Bonnie D. I'm trying to make a new persona here. I left off the last name. Uh, speaking of personalization um, and gamification and how we learn, this goes to what both of you and and I'll get to you in one minute, Mary, Marie, Mary, Joe. I just want to say it the French way. You're just going to have to deal with me. And said, uh, I'm thought uh, the thought is that we used to have something called the four humors, and when people say, "I hear you." I see you, I feel you, and there was a fourth tense that people used, <laughs> and and I, I, I speak to you. So it, it sounds like gamification is speaking to the way people address, the way people connect, and the way people learn the best. Is that accurate to say that, Mohsen? That, that we can, the, the personalization, the customization is how it resonates with each of us, the way we relate to the world, yes?
3: Yeah if if you had to pick one of those four i'd say feel feel more than anything else because you know game, gaming is a lived experience so when you're living through it you're experiencing life as it's happening and and so you're feeling a lot of emotions as you're going through that process and and of course those other frameworks around learning allow us to tap into what you felt which enables the insight and realization of learning.
1: Thank you very much Mary Jo, I said it right. Let's hear from you. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? What's your excitement about gaming and AI? Welcome.
4: Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Mary Jo. I, um, I've i had basically two careers. I started out as an instructional designer, a trainer, and I did that for 10 years. And I was trying to engage people and engage learners and make the training stick. And uh, and then in 2000, the video games industry exploded, and a lot of companies came here in Montreal. And I had been making games as a hobby, video games, since the 80s. And uh, I got hired as a producer, because back then there weren't a lot of veterans. And so I spent 10 years as a video game producer. I worked with uh, Marvel and Sega and, Mar- and Ubisoft here in Montreal. And that's when I realized that um, games are actually... <laughs> all learning experiences as you're going through the game the game is constantly teaching you how to level up and you don't realize it and what really blew my mind is that game designers are doing this on purpose they're totally aware that they're doing this and they're aware that if you you stop learning in a game you're going to drop it you're just not going to you're not going to play it anymore you're going to be bored and and as a former trainer who had been trying to find the way (laughs) And finding it in the world of games really blew my mind. So I spent 10 years making games uh, for entertainment, but then I returned to the world of learning and I brought that magic with me. And I I founded a company nine years ago, nine years ago that does gamified training. And uh, and now I educate people on how to do it in uh, my program and my YouTube channel. So that's and me. What's the name of your company? The company is 42 Comets and the, the program is Effective Gamification.
1: Very, very nice. I, I have two things to say to you. A question first, Mary Jo. Were you an early woman in the gaming industry or were there a lot of, I'm going to use the words, use the word girls. Were there a lot of girls back when you started?
4: No. Um, I, so. I worked for a company where there were more guys named Martin than women, <laughs> 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 but it was a, it was a wonderful place to be. And, uh, and yeah, um, and all of us crazy gamers, uh, you know, finding a place to be together was was wonderful. So, yeah, isn't that
1: interesting? I, I oh, and the other thing is, I don't think in all my years of doing radio and over fifty different series, I don't think anybody has ever come on the show and had yellow or orange gold as a background color. And this is just lovely. Never thought about it. I had to remark. I'm a very visual person. And it's just beautiful. So I'm saying thank you for brightening up the background. It's, everybody else looks great. But I, I really appreciate that, Mary Jo. See, you've trained me very, very well. And let's go to Sid. You've been so patient. Thank you, Sid Shand. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your name as well as what are you doing here? What's your excitement about gaming and AI? Sid, welcome.
5: Thank you so much, Bonnie, for having me. Um, yes, I'm Sadan Chand. Uh, I'm an indie board game designer. Uh, I also run a game publishing firm called Zenwood Games, uh, where I produce board games. Uh, I try to create tabletop games that tell stories from the underrepresented themes of India specifically. Um, but I've been an avid uh, board gamer and video gamer since childhood, uh, You're know, getting access to uh, trying to get access to all the computer games, PC games and board games, uh, wherever I could like a quintessential nerd. But uh, professionally, I've been in this space for the past four years uh, and uh, currently I have five published game designs so far. It started with a game called Chai Garam, in which uh, uh, players are essentially brewing tea uh, and they're running their own uh, stalls. It's an economic game. Uh, back in 2021, during the pandemic, uh, and just recently, I uh, uh, kickstarted my uh, recent game called Tycoon, I raised around 33k USD for that. So that's that's where I'm at. Uh, but I've been really passionate and excited about how uh, AI is uh, revolutionizing the board game design space. Uh, currently, I, I I use AI. Uh, I use it mostly uh, right now to create content for the games. Uh, but at, at the same time, I'm mostly using Canva for creating prototypes of the game before it goes to publishing. So uh, using a lot of the prompts to create images uh, uh, just to you know play around with the feel, how it looks like. Uh, but at, at the same time, I also uh, run some operational tasks of social media. Uh, for the Zenwood Games account. So yeah, yeah, that's that's more or less about me.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm so pleased to meet all of you. And I'm so happy that you accepted the invitation from Mary Nunnally and from each other and from me eventually to come on the show. This is a very, very exciting topic. And it sounds like games there's a business and an industry of games. It's not just let's fool around and play a game. I want to do a, a, get a show of hands. I'm playing Wordle, which is the New York Times. It's a free game. You don't have to sign up for the games. And I was recently introduced to Connections. Any of you playing Wordle and Connections? Anybody? No. You I are. Used to play,
2: I used <laughs> to play Wordle a lot. Okay, Thanks. Sid. What about it? You? What it kind you of play? went downhill after the New York Times bought it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to hear that. I've I've had recently, um, Sarah, the words of the day were words that I had recently used or within the past twenty four hours, just in my life, and I saw the words. It was like what? Uh, <laughs> shock and amazement, but I didn't know today the word had only one vowel in it, which yeah. was very interesting because when I did a search on the words for only that vowel, I only got something like 598 words. And then as I put in another word, I was able to narrow it down to <laughs> 77. And then I got it on the fourth try. Is anybody, is Sid, you, you play Wordle?
5: I have played Wordle when it, when it was the craze, I guess a couple of years back, but not not recently. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Has anybody played Connections? It's an interesting learning game. 16 words are presented in a grid of 16 boxes, and that's all you get and then you have to form four groups of four on relationships of those words. And there's always one or, two, or always one or two words in the mix that could be in different groupings. It's a word that could have two meanings uh-huh. or more. And you have to figure out, it could be take uh, a word that comes out, take a chance, take a jump, take whatever it is, or it could be uh, something to do with a holiday, or it could be a name of, they did uh, names of movies by M. Night Shy- Shyamalan. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't follow him at all. I don't do scary movies. I don't look it up. But you, what you do is you take the, you from your first group, your second group, you get four tries to be Wrong. You get four negative tries. You get six tries altogether, and then and then if you have four left over, that's the fourth group. Usually, the ones you don't understand. So there's a there's a, a guilt by association or a, a you know whatever left over, mm-hmm. and it's a learning experience, Sandra, Sarah, because you don't really know exactly what they had in mind.
2: Yeah, you... I've seen it, this is some. Um, it comes. Well, I don't know whether it, which way round this goes, but there's a. A show on UK TV called Only Connect. Oh, she's um, been around a while. And that's one of their rounds where they have this thing called The Wall, and the f- there are 16 words, and people there have you go. to go. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's, it's very good. And
1: I share the results. You get a results grid without the words in it. And I share it with a few people on text message every day. And it's become a little community of friends. I also yeah. play words with friends. And, you know, they recently increased their limit. It used to be you couldn't play more than 50 games. Now I've got 57 games every day with five people. Some I will never have met these people. One of them's in the UK. And so the time difference is she'll play overnight and then I'll get up at 6 in the morning, <laughs> East Coast time, and I'll find all these games and Anyway, talking about games, let's go to I've asked each of you to please select a quote from a fictional character in a movie or TV show a song lyric that reflects your thoughts on our topic, the future of gaming and AI. And I'm going to read the quote with a little bit of background. Sarah Lefebvre, uh, you have picked a quote from the wonderful movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986. American teen comedy film, and I don't think it was a teen comedy film at all. I thought it was a much bigger purpose (laughs) to the film. And actually, uh, John Hughes, who wrote it, he wrote the screenplay in less than a week, and he included a lot of then-icons to Chicago, the Sears Tower Wrigley Field, Art Institute of Chicago. And he said, it wasn't just, it was a love letter to Chicago, not just the architecture, but the spirit. It was the 10th highest grossing film of 1986 in the United States. And there've been spinoffs. Here's the quote. Sloan Peterson, played by Mia Sarah, says, what are we going to do? And Ferris Bueller, played by the wonderful Matthew Broderick in his very deadpan voice, says, the question isn't, what are we going to do? The question is, what aren't we going to do? Sarah, what a fabulous quote. Why don't you take three minutes and relate it to our topic, please. Sarah, go ahead.
2: So I I think this is the thing for me which has been most kind of impactful about um, AI, and I'm kind of talking about obviously it's been around for a while, ChatGTP has been around for a while, Uh, but I think the the greatest impact has come since it's sort of come into the the public domain, if you like, the end of last year, the beginning of this. Is the speed that it all moves at um, and the sort of level of adoption by so many people means that ideas are coming out that, that couldn't come out if it was just left to a small group of people, a small group of developers. So it's all that cognitive surplus of, of all the people um, who are now involved and are thinking about AI and what it might do for them and are mishmashing all these ideas together. So I think we just can't know from day to day, literally, what's going to come out, and it's all so so exciting. So that that kind of, to me, that that spirit of you know, the the day off, Ferris Dealers day off, and, and the three kids sort of like exploring Chicago. That's how it feels to me. That's how AI feels to me. That there is really no way of knowing what we're going to achieve with it, and it's really exciting.
1: Thank you very much. We just lost Mohsen. He just dropped out. I don't know where he went and I was going to do his quote next. And if you're listening, Mohsen, as soon as you come back, I'll bring you back in. So we're going to skip over your quote, which was a really good one. And I'm going to move my notes ahead to go to Mary Joe's quote. And the quote is from Thanos, played by the actor Josh Brolin. The movie is, Avengers Infinity War, a 2018 superhero film. Uh, Avengers Infinity War is based, of course, on the Marvel comic superhero team. The Avengers, produced by Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt Disney, sequel to the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron and the 19th film. I didn't know they had that many in the MCU (laughs) Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not my world, but I'm happy to say it. Cast was unbelievable. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, and Sid is shaking his head like, really? Yeah. Chris Evans, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, Benedict Cumberbatch, Don Cheadle, Tom Holland, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen. Oh my, god, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Zoe Saldana, Chris Pratt, and Josh Brolin. And here is the quote Mary Jo has selected. I like the three-word quotes. They're always very powerful. I am inevitable. Mary Jo, take it away. What does this have to do like we couldn't guess with our topic, please?
4: I keep thinking back on when mobile revolution came and how we couldn't possibly have imagined how it changed everything and all the different industries that it disrupted. Just taking a cab now is completely different. Thankfully, and uh and as we sit on the on on the springboard of the ai re- revolution i kind of am aware that everything's going to change but i have no idea how exactly uh which is a strange uh position to be in when you ask us to predict things but there's kind of an easter egg in that quote because when he says i am inevitable inevitable he snaps his fingers and nothing happens spoiler alert so I think there might be a lot of unexpected things that uh, that, that that will happen uh, as a result of of AI. I mean, I, we really cannot predict how, where it'll go. But like Sarah said, uh, all that extra cognitive power is very exciting. It certainly is, and inevitable. People are saying, what? It's
1: terrible. And you have to have all the guardrails. We know we do need guardrails, but to say that it shouldn't be here, it it was coming. It's been brewing. It's been how many years, how many decades has AI been started? And now it's part of popular lore. Listen, before about five years ago, whoever said the words supply chain, did you ever would you ever think of going to a cocktail party or getting on the phone with a relative and say, yeah, it's a supply chain issue. My screen door didn't come. Or yeah, I can't get batteries for this or that. It, we didn't talk about that stuff. And all of a sudden it's AI, 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 AI. yeah, yeah. Everybody's talking. I'm sorry about that. Everybody's talking about AI. We're still waiting for most and he hasn't come back. Sid, we're just going to have to pick up the slack here, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to move ahead to Sid. Here's your quote. The quote is, the. this was interesting, the motto of Life Magazine in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the 2013 adventure comedy drama. Sit, I love the way they combine genres. It used to be it was either a comedy or a drama or maybe a romance. Now it's a comedy drama adventure. I like that. Uh, The quote is shown on a series of signs at the airport. Let me just tell you, it's directed, co-produced by and starring Ben Stiller, with one of my favorite comedian actresses from SNL, Kirsten, Kristen Wiig, who's been in a lot of movies. Shirley MacLaine was in it, Adam Scott, Catherine Hahn, Sean Penn. Do you get a better cast than that? It's the second film adaptation of Thurber's 1939 short story, and there was a film in 1947. It was a top 10 film of 2013, and it had a soundtrack. I don't know why Wikipedia said that. So here's the background. Walter Mitty, played by Ben Stiller, is a Photography Assets Manager of the Negatives of Photography. Anybody remember what real film and negatives <laughs> look like? Yeah, Sarah's smiling, yes, we know. Uh, and he's at Life Magazine living a monotonous monotonous life, boring, alone in New York City. How could you be bored and alone in New York City? He chronically daydreams about fantasies and starts to turn his fantasies into reality one small act at a time. He has a crush on Cheryl, who's played by Kristen Wiig, and he tries to contact her on eHarmony, but of all people, Patton Oswalt is the nasty service manager at eHarmony, and he says, you can't do that. You didn't fill out all your profile series. You've been there, done that stuff. So anyway, here is the quote from the Life Magazine motto, and Sid's going to have to unpack this for us and tell us what this has to do with the show. To see the world, things dangerous to come to, to see behind walls, draw closer, to find each other, and to feel. That is the purpose of life. Wow, Sid, talk to me
5: <laughs> Sure, Bonnie. Yeah, so this movie uh, was one of the uh, one of the movies which kind of influenced me to go beyond my g- generic career path. Uh, it kind of pushed me uh, to explore beyond what uh, a regular uh, you know regular average guy in India would uh, ideally do. So it's very close to my heart, and the quote appears throughout the movie. Uh, and uh, that, that's that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy watching this movie. I feel it's an underrated movie, but uh, I, I enjoy watching it quite a lot. Uh, but the quote specifically uh, uh, has to do with, again, uh, adding into what uh, Sarah and Marijo already have mentioned, the uh, unpredictability of the AI, which is coming, coming across, uh, is basically... It to accept the change. So, as historically speaking, any kind, anytime a new technology came in, there is always a lot of discussions around it, whether it's ethical, whether it's practical, whether it's gonna uh, lead to the decline of human beings. But uh, what I, what this code t- tells us to remind us is to embrace change, to accept the unknown, to go out and uh, you know uh, utilize uh, AI as a tool to help us in an ethical and friendly way, and. Uh, you know, utilize it in making our lives as a game designer specifically easier uh, because technology has always helped human beings progress and we should not be scared of, uh, you know, accepting and embracing. And that's what this quote really tells us is what I feel.
1: Thank you very much. And and I read the rest of the movie scene where he is trying to find, apparently uh, Sean Penn plays a famous photographer yes. who says, the magazine, this is interesting, the magazine's about to go completely digital, and they're trying to pick the cover for the last print edition. And Sean Penn's character sends him a set of uh, clues as to what it should be, and negative number 25 is missing. And he's about to lose his job, and then he has to travel through airports to different parts of the world to try and find the clues as to what number 25 would be the secret life of Walter Mitty. Thank you very much. I just got an email from Mohsen. His computer died and he doesn't have enough power to get his phone to come back. And I said, come back at least to do your quote. And he apologizes because he really wanted to be here and he was so wonderful. So we'll have to mm-hmm. do a part two next year and get him back. And I'm so sorry, but Mo Mohsen, if you're hearing us, if you're watching somehow on live stream, just come back with your phone for five minutes and we'll fit your quote in because it was a really good one. So sorry about that. So let's go to the predictions. Now here's how it's going to work. I didn't tell the three of you and I wanted to get a picture with him. We'll I'll get it from the video. So here's the deal, Sarah, I have picked one of your predictions. Number two, I put it in the chat privately to you. I'm going to read it. And I'd like you to take three minutes and unpack it. Sid and Mary Jo, you have, I think 10 fingers, and one is the mean finger. I don't respond to that one, but you can wiggle one of your nice fingers at me if you want, Alexa, if you want to comment on what Sarah has said. And I welcome comments and we'll make it a real roundtable. While this is happening, Mary Jo, I will pick one of your predictions, put it in a private chat to you. Uh, go with it. If you want to, if you really hate it, pick another would tell me, no, go with number four. And then we'll do the same thing with Sid and we'll probably get to more than one prediction from each of you to fill the time. So here we go. Sarah said in prediction number two, play is for the moment, the preserve of sentient biological beings, but attempts will soon be made to teach machines, the meaning of play and how to do it. This is an important prediction. Sarah I'm putting you on back on speaker view please unpack this for us what does this mean
2: Well to start with that, I was just I just wanted to say you must have been getting quite worried when all of the unpacking of the of the quotes was around the idea about how unpredictable it was all going to be and yeah. then you're then asking us to do predictions um but all joking aside um So I think a lot about play. Um, Obviously, I'm involved in sort of designing games for learning. And and when I'm not designing games for learning, I'm spending a lot of my time playing games. Um, So play is often at the forefront of my mind. Um, And, you know, we're we're not the only animals that play. You know, obviously um, animals play, particularly baby animals play, and that's how they learn. So I got to thinking about the nature of play and thinking about AI. Up until now, I've been kind of using it for my design tasks and so on. Um, and I got to thinking about how interesting it would be um, if one of the the ways in which they went about training AI was to actually get it to try and learn to play. Because the, the, the frontier at the moment, I guess, with ChatGTP and the reason it was released into the wild was to try and get... Um, was to create a chatbot that was that sounded human so that was that was like a, a threshold if you like for the development of AI um but given that play and learning I won't get on my hobby horse but play and learning are pretty much indistinguishable uh, it seems to me that um a way to kind of reach the next threshold for AI and that and, and such push forward its development is to actually look into play because play and learning are, effectively um, indivisible. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen. I can't predict that far. I, do, I I can't sort of see the mechanisms of how they would actually go about because I'm not on that sort of side of the AI at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think that will be possibly the next step that they take because it will be such an effective method of pushing forward the development of, of, of machine learning. Thank you very much. Let's see
1: what your colleagues on the panel have to say. Mary, Jo or Sid, anything you want to comment back? I didn't see any fingers wiggled, but any comments? <laughs> I was just Thank too busy you. listening. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, but there we go. It was good, Sid. Comments?
5: Likewise, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think I just have to add uh, one observation. So, I think in past couple of uh, years, I happened to come across some YouTube videos in which they train AI models to learn, uh, let's say, for example, the one I can recall of is they designed a game system, a video game system, and they put in, uh, let's say, pawns and train them to learn hide and seek. Mm. Uh, so um, yeah, and and I, I saw them doing it over let's say millions of iterations, and eventually they see that the pawn uh, finds out the other other let's say the six pawns, and one pawn has to find the six pawns. Uh, so it was pretty interesting, but I don't know if that's uh, that's really they've worked it out. But it was kind of a research paper based project, is what I what I realized. So just wanted to add that comment.
2: Yeah. and of course um AIs famously do play games um I mean obviously there's an AI that has has, has beaten a human players at chess and now at go as well oh. which is yeah. yeah which is obviously the holy grail but that's not really play that's unraveling mm. mathematical models so it's kind of the experience aspect that I think is going to be the thing that's going to need to be cracked because that's that's what play is um, mm-hmm. A game, a game is a game. A game is a mathematical model. A game is a set of rules to which people interact. But, but, play doesn't actually exist until a sentient being interacts with that set of rules, that that system. So the play is not inherent within a game. Um, How do so, we define
1: yeah. play? If if we mm-hmm. we humans are playing something that was designed by something not quite, not nearly, not ever human. How do we define play? Is it something that makes you smile? Is it something that is different from what you normally do? Is it, you know, Shakespeare? The plays, the thing. Uh, what is play? I, I, I'm playing right now on my radio show, having fun talking to three and formerly four really smart people. To me, this <laughs> is work, but it's play also. How do we define play? I should have thought we, we we've defined games. Yeah. Something that what uses your imagination pulls at your your uh, your intelligence has a a quandary to be solved. Is that what a game is? But what is play? We play a game whether we're having fun or not.
2: Any any yeah, thoughts? It's not I necessarily haven't... fun. I think that's that's <laughs> definitely and certainly being in in games based learning. That's one of the first things you come to is play is not necessarily fun. Okay, it is right. engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could look at Amy. Amy Jo Kim's Four uh, Keys to Fun, which talks about hard fun, uh, which is that kind of engagement and, and and solving problems, which isn't necessarily ha-ha fun. Um, to me, it's it's exploration, and it's, it's kind of like an, an altered state almost, Ooh. where you're open to possibilities, and that's where the learning comes from.
1: That was um, lovely, Sarah. Exploration, open to possibilities. I like that. I like that. So, baking a cake with a recipe where you don't have one of the ingredients would be play. play. Yeah, <laughs> by that definition, right? Open to possibilities. What will it taste like? An exploration is how do I substitute? Uh, how do I substitute melted butter for some high end level of, of oil that was supposed to have a different texture? Sid is shaking his head. Yes or no?
5: No, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. I was having the same thought uh, that it's about observation uh, and yeah. ex- experience and uh, figuring out the rules as you, uh, as you play. Maybe. Yes,
2: yes. Something Hypothesizing on. and testing out strategies to I get like better at
1: the game.
4: Yes. Yeah. Mary Jo, anything uh-huh. you want to add to our definition of play? there's a lot of different definitions of fun actually of different forms of fun and we like in uh gamified training to focus on the fun of insight the fun of solving something the fun of giving you a problem that is that requires focus that that is not so easy you can do with you know with your eyes closed but that that is within your reach if you apply yourself and uh And, and, and that bubble of pleasure that you get from having solved something useful, uh, is the kind of fun that we're, we're really after. But I agree with, with Sarah. There's a ton of different types of fun. Um, I would say more than four. I don't know what Amy Jo's uh, four <laughs> definitions are, but I'm definitely going to look that up as uh, as I will also look up Connections, the game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please okay. do. And I'd be happy to share
1: if we text or on email. I'd be happy to share the results once you start playing. Thank you, Sarah. That was very provocative. That's what we're looking for. Mary Joe. I'm going to your prediction number three. I know it's a short one and you wanted me to pick a longer one, but it had a key a key phrase in there I want to talk about. And then we will we'll pick another one from you also don't worry you'll get plenty of time so she says with hard media formats such as discs being increasingly a thing of the past we may finally be on the brink of console less gaming in addition to the content being transformed by ai the technology could optimize the delivery of these experiences through game streaming and reduced latency that's a lot to unpack mary
4: joe so go ahead well let me unpack it quickly enough um I think two console generations ago, honestly, I think when we went from the the PS2 to the PS3 and now we're at the PS5, even then I was thinking, why do we even have consoles anymore? Why do we have hard discs anymore? Why can't we just, we were, we, we had disc-less music and it seemed to me like uh, it was kind of archaic to actually own a game, even though it was nice to have it as an object. Um, and I think we're, I'm 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 still amazed that we're still not there. Uh, You know, there's a lot of games that you can download onto your console, but you can't really. You have to download it. Uh, You can't. You still can't play it because the latency is too long, and uh, you can't play it uh, on the server. And so, um, I think that AI will help with that a lot, simply because it's going to be able to better manage the traffic and manage the the latency, like I was saying, and that also reduces the um well, the amount of de- developer cycles making making the the development of the games easier for 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 us developers um uh, freeing us up to to focus on more uh gameplay oriented <laughs> uh uh tasks i would say so instead of having to focus so much on the technicality of making sure that everything works uh focusing more on design tasks and crafting experiences that are that are a little bit deeper for the for, for for the player. So there you go. Thank you very much. What was the game people had where you step
1: on some kind of a pad on the floor and your moves or what was that? Was it we're
2: party
1: Was that we do you I don't know. I don't know where everybody was swiveling around and dancing in front of us Dance Dance Revolution? I don't know. I think it was yes. a week we I'm I'm trying to think of what the it was interesting because they had all kinds it was a of play map
2: wasn't there? Was there was
1: a Wii to. scale
4: also was it, was it where Wii? you yeah. could do yoga on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was missed,
1: fantastic. I, I missed that part. I still have to figure out how to do yoga. Uh, you
2: said you ski jumps on that Wii scale as
1: well, didn't you? Yes, <laughs> yes. Anybody want to comment on the, the this console-less gaming concept that uh, Mary Jo was talking about, Sid or Sarah? Any thoughts on that? Are we moving moving away from needing to buy that console to have that console? downloadable Uh, disks.
2: Sarah, go ahead. I think that's inevitable. Um, One of the things which isn't directly related to AI or what we're talking about at the moment, one of the things that I did during um, lockdown was I I went on a course um, about TRIZ, which is um, a framework where uh, an engineer has taken the information from patents and designs, hundreds and thousands of them, uh, and From that has recognised sort of patterns of the way inventions go, Um, and one of them is things move from sort of solids to articulated solids to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and eventually they become fields. Eventually, any particular technology, if it matures enough, will become a field, and it will just be delivered to you, you know, in the ether. So we we will eventually, inevitably, if that if that happens, get to what you're talking about, Mary Jo, and beyond that, where you know, we will be able to, I don't know, receive games from the ether in a implant in our heads or whatever, it's bound to happen. I don't want anything implanted in my head. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything Elon, in Elon our... Musk wants you to. <laughs>
1: not, not, well, we're not talking about Elon today, but not, not in my lifetime, dear. It's, no, no. Time's running out. That's not going to happen. Thank you very much. I want to move on to a prediction from Sid. This is interesting. He says, AI will be able to assist in managing complex rules and mechanics of board games. It'll be able to... Pr- I'm putting this all in the future, Sid be able to provide real-time rules clarifications. We all need that from time to time. Track your game progress. Yes. Calculate scores. Okay. Reduce the burden of rule enforcement. Oh, be still my heart and bookkeeping on players. How do you reinforce (laughs) rules enforcement? You didn't play, you know, you think of tennis with with doubles tennis and (laughs) No, that ball was out. No, it was in. I saw it. Well, my girlfriend's taking videos. I can tell you it was over the line. Lo- I'm not talking about the U.S. Open. I'm talking about just everyday play in public courts. Sid, unpack for me, please. Go ahead.
5: Sure, sure, Bonnie. Um, Yeah, so so the context uh, before I speak is from a specifically board game uh, designer's perspective and pro- specific to board games. Uh Again, the main difference between a video game and a board game, again, and why would you need rules enforcement uh, and calculation, calculation of scores in board games is because it's not assisted by anything. Uh, a board game simply means uh, uh, players, people come together on a table, they exchange meaningful uh, discussions, conversations and actions, and uh, they try to achieve the objectives. But uh, as, uh, you know, there is a whole spectrum of board games from party games to slightly heavier or even very, very complex games, which take long, uh, lots of hours to play. So especially in those those kind of games, uh, missing out on rules is uh, very common. And... Uh, in in our community we have a uh, saying that um, in general you would def- you would you play board games with at least one or two wrong rules and that's completely fine uh, so again now with the advent of ai uh, what i predict especially now this is a prediction it can be far fetched uh, is that the ai system maybe it's app based maybe it's tech based it analyzes the state of the board let's say uh, from time to time and keeps a track of if players are are following the rules correctly, uh, it can assist in, you know, let's say you want to learn the rules of a game. And, and let me remind you, these uh, rules sometimes take an hour to teach, okay, when you when you play a game, which, uh, which will take maybe four to five hours to finish. So AI can actually enable uh, it in a very, very meaningful way because the teach of the rules, again, is a skill <laughs> which some people may not have. So starting from the teach of the rules to making sure people are following the rules properly so that they have the most uh, benefit from their strategic decisions uh, to score, um, you know, end game scoring, which again requires you to calculate a lot of uh, different numbers. Uh, AI can really, you know, help in kind of like a board game assistant of sorts in, in such scenarios. And that's, that's, I mean, I've not seen it yet, but uh, there are, uh, I mean, the, I've heard that uh, this kind of work going on in this. So I thought I'll just share that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Very, very interesting. Uh,
4: Mary Jo, any comments on that? You were nodding. Well, you're making me think about, I hadn't thought of that before, about AI watching the state of a board and maybe suggesting something also, uh, which could lead to, to 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 some better strategies. But it could also... Explain it to the spectators. Uh, yeah. I, I, I I watch chess and I don't understand really <laughs> the, the importance of a move and, and things like that. And I would love it if an AI was watching something and saying, well, this person's actually in real trouble right now. Uh, a lot of it goes o- over my head when I'm mm. watching certain games, including uh, uh, foot soccer. But um, but it would be very interesting to kind of uh, make those games, make certain games much more accessible to people who are not, who are not uh, experts in it. It reminds
1: mm-hmm. me of the televised, the TV poker tournaments, Mary Jo. Exactly. Where you have exactly. a man saying. Mary Jo's got a hand. She's about to turn over the river, and there she goes. (laughs) She's increasing her bet. Look at all the tables. She's all in. Look at those eyes. Is she giving anything away? Where's her poker face? And I'm sorry. I hope I did that okay. You like that, Sid? I haven't watched in years, but that was always, it was always like a secret. And what is Mary Jo going to do next? So AI would, is that the prediction, Sid? Is that AI would Uh, say that? Would it be voiced?
5: Would it be text? It could be. It could be kind of like a referee, like you give the example of uh, tennis or or badminton, right? So kind of like a referee, but in this case, it uh, yeah, without really interfering much maybe, but uh, uh, yeah, whatever useful information. Um, and again, for the chess example, I guess uh, a lot of times the commentator generally in chess streams, if it, it helps if there is a commentator who is kind of telling you who is playing which move and what move they should go for. But mm-hmm. if it's a live uh, tournament, let's say Vichy uh, is playing, then <laughs> it's utter silence and you're kind of waiting for when the video later comes with the commentary so you understand that. Uh, so, yeah, maybe she, AI can do it on the
3: go. So, true.
1: it would be combining real-time analytics like they have on competitive sail sailboat racing, Right. Where the, the mm-hmm. captain of the boat is getting the analytics, the wind speed and and the chop mm-hmm. of the water and how many boats are nearby and where the buoys are and all of that. And they're able to make so AI would be the commentator. Sarah, anything to say? Because I'm about to go mm-hmm. to another prediction yeah, th- for you. Th- I think that's
2: really interesting. And that, that's kind of it, it kind of has parallels with uh, the the growing popularity of esports, I think, um, obviously, yes. within sort of uh, computer games. Um yes but obviously the people who watch those tend to be people who already know the game quite well themselves they're already gamers um, but that kind of idea of of having a, a commentator an informed commentator is able to to sort of crunch loads of data about the way the game works potentially opens that kind of experience up for for all sorts of games you know board games um etc yeah. etc cetera, et cetera. and uh, yeah there's that whole new area that will be opened up as as games as a as a spectator experience so we get uh, to have an, an annoying ai
1: voice i i i don't <laughs> particularly like when you're watching the olympic figure skating and somebody saying oh she missed that triple lutz and she did it so well imagine if the 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 participant <laughs> does the playback it's a what the heck did they say about me why didn't they just say look she's about to attempt well she almost made it isn't she wonderful love the sparkle (laughs) on her outfit instead of never mind Uh, I wanted to see if we can sneak in two more quick predictions Sarah I'm going to prediction number four this is interesting and then I'm going to try and sneak in one more from you Mary Jo so Sarah says we're probably less than a couple years away from a well-designed analog game experience created designed and built entirely by AI. Sarah, two minutes. Tell us what this is, please.
2: So um, quite recently, um, I ran a couple of courses for games designers and learning designers um, and how to utilize uh, ChatGTP particularly and MidJourney in their in their games design. Um, and obviously, I had to do a fair bit of learning uh, myself before I was able to, to run these courses. And one of the things I discovered is that uh, ChatGTP was really good at creating bits of games. Um, So if you gave it a template for, um, you know, character design in a a role-playing game, for example, it would do a really, really good job of generating 20 really, really convincing characters with their backstories, depending on how good your prompt was and so on. But one of the things we discovered as a a result of working through this together, that, that sort of cohort that I was working with, is that where it really fell down was actually sort of tacking it all together into a coherent play experience and I I guess it sort of goes back to my other prediction is that it doesn't really understand what play or that experience is so there's still at the moment it's a very very useful tool for helping you to design games but it can't design a game there's no way it can do that so a couple of years sounds quite a long time um, in terms of of the speed that AI has been working at but I think I think that's probably about right, because I think this is something that is it's a non-trivial problem. Um, and so I think a couple of years is probably going to be about right before we start seeing a situation where we can actually say to it, I want to design a game which will teach people communication skills. They are these people X, Y, Z. What mechanics should I have? You know, Design a game for me and build it for me. But I think you, I think it's coming.
1: <laughs> it's coming. I want to sneak in one quick prediction, number four, from Mary Jo. I promised her. Here we go. She says, just like we couldn't have predicted the changes the web re- revolution brought, then the mobile revolution, I think what's co- what's to come from generative AI is beyond anyone's ability to predict. Sid alluded to this. But we're likely to witness, here we go, a growing overlap between our daily lives and the valuable insights we can extract from games as the boundaries beca- between the two become less distinct. 90 seconds. Mary Jo, knock yourself out. Go ahead. We're
4: already seeing that. I mean, in the eighties, we used to watch shows. All of us would watch the same show at 9 a.m. at 9 p.m. on Thursday. It was ER and everybody watched it at the same time. And now it's all whenever I want it, whenever, wherever I want it. And, And I think audiences now are expecting a lot more customization and, um, and I've seen it in my own life, where I'm I'm designing gamified training now. Where if I tried to 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 design non-gamified training, I I would almost end up designing it gamified anyway without even realizing because that's my design sensibility and i think audiences now are asking more and more for for experiences that are a lot more customized to to their needs and and to what they need in the moment and lecturing to people uh, and to everyone it's exactly the same is just not going to cut it anymore great very, I very seconds and I will tell you, for
1: me, the joy of playing games like Words with Friends, by the way, that's my sleeping pill. When I go to bed, whether it's 11 o'clock, 1 30 in the morning, I'm going to see how many games are waiting for me and the back and forth. Sometimes somebody is on the other end playing almost in real time and I'll i will put it a word, she'll put it, a word, and it's like, stop already, I want to go have breakfast. But the wordle, the connections, to me... The the joy in those is sharing with a few people I know, sharing the results and making comments on the word or how hard it was. So it's the community, the communication, that to me, I don't wanna just play a game in isolation. I wanna be part of something. So anyway, me talking, I wanna thank all three of you and Mohsen who his computer just died and he can't come back. He doesn't have any bandwidth, he said. So I have a quick uh, something for the three of you to do with me. I want you to raise your no-no finger. The the second finger, not the bad one. I want you to raise it. On the count of three, you're going to join me. Mary Jo, put your finger up. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying no, no, no. So people say, the future is already here. And our answer is one, two, three. No, (laughs) no, no. 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 Because that was yesterday's future. Oh, that was a nanosecond ago. I already had the future (laughs) of the sentence that I said, and it's already in the past now. Because we're all going to make the future a much better gamified experience. And we're gonna have some fun and work on a play. Right, Sarah? Right, Sid? Right, Mary Jo? Bonnie D signing off. I wanna thank Andrew, our engineer at Voice America. Wave goodbye to LinkedIn. Wave goodbye to Facebook. (laughs)